Welcome to the Drive with Dave podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Miller at drivewithdave.com. I get to drive some of the fastest, coolest, sexiest cars on the planet. Ever since I bought my first Ferrari, I've been immersed in the global car community. Now I travel the world uncovering the hidden gems in luxury transportation and connecting with extraordinary car enthusiasts. Join me as I find the most exotic cars, meet the owners, and get the behind-the-scenes stories of the world's most exclusive rides. I used to spend some mornings with a latte in a Starbucks in suburban Chicago. Occasionally, I would drive my Lamborghini, and a few people would ask questions or comment on my ride. One day, a guy walks over and says, I really need to meet this gal who comes in regularly. You know, I thanked him for his offer, but said that I was happily involved with a woman already, and... No, no, he says, you need to talk cars with her. She's really, really into cars too. And she does something in the racing world. So now I'm interested. Months later, she pulls in. This has just got to be her in a new 4 Series BMW. I walk over. I introduce myself and we chat cars in her business for, for quite a while. In a bit, we take her brand new BMW for a short spin. I drive and on our return, I somehow managed to put a wheel over an unseen section of, uh, of curb. I'm an idiot, and for some weeks and months later, my follow-up calls just go unreturned, not due to the curbing incident, as I later learned, but something else entirely. Owner of FAST, Fresh Air Systems Technologies in Des Plaines, Illinois, Jill's company supplies cooling suits for everybody, drag racing, off-road racing, stock cars, sports cars, formula cars, go-karts, monster trucks, drag boats, power boats, and more. Jill Swanson, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Well, Jill, um, I, I have a myriad of questions, of course, and I guess one of them is, were you always a car gal? Oh, yes. But let me let me go digress back to your little drive in my um, BMW. Uh-huh. So, you know, I didn't remember that until you just mentioned it. So it was much more in your head than mine. Um, but now I remember very well. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, maybe um, that's one I shouldn't have even <laughs> gone down. But no, it's beautiful. It's a great memory. Uh, and, and yes, to answer your question, I have always been a car girl. Um, I grew up in a family of four kids in Arlington Heights, Illinois, and my dad was the guy who had the exotic, cheap exotics. We had Fiats and Triumphs and Corvairs. And um, when I say exotic, when, you know, when you're 10 years old, yeah. it's very exotic to see those cars. And we had all the kids in the neighborhood would come over and learn how to work on cars. Um, it was very much a uh, an automotive uh, growing up. You know, I, I grew up with go karts and dirt bikes, and so we, we were very very mechanical. It, was your dad a wrench too? Does he like fixing these cars? Yeah, my dad would. Um, my dad was the classic wrench, and when I say that, I say that lightly. Mm. Um, he would wrench to the point where we would tow the car up to Road America, and it would run for fifteen minutes which would then enable the family to build a campfire at Plymouth Rock Campground uh-huh. and spend the rest of the weekend enjoying social time. So, yes, he was quite a wrench. Um, he liked to, to think of himself as a, you know, a classic car guy and uh, really didn't know much about it, but he really enjoyed playing around with it. I think he avoided, you know, life itself by having his head under the hood. So Fresh Air Systems Technologies, Jill, it sounds like your background at least gave you a little bit of a leg up into the car world. How, how did you get involved? What uh, Did this just come out of thin air? Did Where'd FAST begin? Well, um, FAST is not my creation. Um, I actually went to work for the founder of FAST, the guy who started it. He was a uh, 
one of those off-road pre-runner guys. So he would go down to Baja and pre-run the Baja 1000, basically blazing the trails mm -hmm. for the drivers to go down and do that. And um, he started it by deciding that he was sick of eating dirt while he was in these trucks mm -hmm. with no windows and, and everything coming up at him. So mm -hmm. he actually was the guy who created the Sidewinder helmet. He worked with Bill Simpson and made the first air helmet um, and built the blowers that would go into those trucks with filters that would, you know, collect out the dirt. Um, and that's where fresh air systems came out of that. That's the, the off-road truck, you know, stuff. Um, I actually went to work for him about nine years after he started it um, in his sales and marketing. Uh, we met at Rockford Speedway on a Saturday night. Mm. I was out there uh, crewing for a, an ARCA team uh -huh. and uh, a young guy that we had grown up with. My brothers were there. My, my husband, I was probably 21, 22 years old. And um, so I've done fast my entire adult life. Um, I went to work for him and uh, worked for him on and off for years and ended up buying my company about 13 years ago. So now you, you're the boss. This was an ongoing business. And what what prompted you to buy it? Why did you want to become the owner? Well, you know, I uh, honestly, so the, the company changed hands. I worked for the guy who started it and then it changed hands um, somewhere during the course of there. And I got to the point where I really just had made a decision that I needed to do something different with my life. Um, or, you know, um, I really walked in and said, I quit, I'm going to do something different. And my, my boss said to me, well, do you want to buy it? And so we then negotiated for a few months and I took over the company, uh, back in, I think it was 2004 mm -hmm. and, uh, been running it ever since. And it's probably one of the better things I've chosen to do in my life. <laughs> Fresh air systems technology is, and I think I mentioned at the top of the show, what you, what you do. And obviously somebody had observed a real pain point, and it sounds like the founder, when they were driving in various situations and, and somebody had an idea and you've taken and run with it. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, when I went to work for him, his name was Chris Rappo, and uh, I went to work for him. And one of my very first clients going to work for him was the king, Richard Petty. Oh yeah. Uh, I knew going in that if I, you know, as a young female that I had to, uh, go in and, and hit the right people and, uh, figure out how to get to the people who needed it most. Mm -hmm. And once I got there, then I knew that other people would see what they were using and, and that would have that trickle down effect. And that's kind of our business model from the beginning, um, is just to go for the top, the pro and, uh, Hopefully the monkey see monkey do stuff will, will work for us and uh, and it has and it's been a really good good way to do business. I know you do business all over the world, but you call a racetrack your second home. Where's that at? Uh, well, I have a house up at Road America. Um, I got sick of spending hotel money up there, uh -huh. and it's kind of our home track. Um, you know, Autobahn's closer, but that's uh, Road America is where all the pro races are. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're, we're up there for four, five, six weekends a year for the events between the June Sprints and the IndyCar, which is this weekend, mm -hmm. uh, the NASCAR, the IMSA, um, the Hawk, which is the vintage racing up there, and then various, you know, Porsche Club events and BMW Club events. So I bought a house up there for my family, my, my fast family. Um, for people to have a place to stay when they go up there for business. It's, uh, it's a great escape. <laughs> uh -huh. 
Well, I think that there's a large group of listeners that we have that have strapped themselves into a hot car on a hot day with a full face helmet and a Nomex suit. Um, And I remember that several times, and it's really, really unpleasant. Tell me how your suits and your systems work, Jill. So basically, that hot three-layer fire suit that you're talking about, that Nomex uh, fire suit that you wear when you get in the race car, um, brings your body temperature up to an unbearable level. And actually, the race car itself does it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you think about you know, when you were a child and you get a fever and how you can't even think rational thoughts, mm-hmm. that's the state your body goes into when you get inside a race car with that hot fire suit on and the helmet. And so basically, we build a cool suit that brings your body temperature back down to normal. Um, it helps you have endurance in the race car. It helps you think rational thoughts, make good choices, be able to react to the other cars on the track and really just end up, you know, doing a race that's a lot cleaner than you would have in a high heat situation. And and who's using your suits right now? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> who's using our suits? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I would say probably most of our market is in the sports car market mm-hmm. and that is essentially all over the world. We've got, you know, our, uh, our U.S. market is the IMSA Racing Series. Um, I know we had systems over in France this last weekend for the 24 Hours of the Mall. Um, we have a uh, presence in Australia, Japan, Malaysia, all over Europe. Um, so who isn't using our stuff? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. seriously. Um, basically, right. the, the, the road racers are definitely using it. And then we have, you know, drag racers that will use them and, and sports or uh, stock car cars that will use them. Um, we've got them in the monster trucks. They do a, a whole exhibition over in Dubai. And so we built systems for their trucks to go to Dubai and keep those drivers temperatures down. Um, I can definitely understand that. No question. Racing in the desert's got to be hell. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Even worse than imagining ra- ra- racing at Road America or Autobahn. Um, yeah, it's very, very hot. Well, you know how technology changes. Obviously, technology changes all the time, especially in race cars. And Formula One trickles down to the Formula Three, uh, et cetera. And I would imagine that there's been some serious changes in your suits from the very beginning to where we are right now. Absolutely. That's funny that you just asked me that because this you have no knowledge of at all. And I'm going to share something really fun with you. Um, last year in August, we shut down our factory that has made our... Uh, our actual textiles for us. We run a factory in Tennessee. We closed it down. We let the people retire out. We shut down all the equipment. We retooled everything and brought it all up to the Midwest so that we have all new equipment, all new seamstresses, better control of everything we do, and a really amazing new shirt that just is just now hitting the market within the last 60 days. Um, the tubing is... Uh, the amount of tubing on the shirts is greater, which is a broader cooling spectrum. Um, we've gone to a thinner, more flexible tubing, which gives more uh, fitted effect on the shirts. And it just really makes the driver a lot more comfortable. Um, and this is the first major change to the actual shirts that we make in over 20 years. So, um, yeah, I'm very, very proud of uh the last eight months that we've worked really hard to get this up and running. And Jill, I know that Nomex suits are expensive, relatively expensive. I'm sure that there is a cost entailed. And I I, I more than understand the pros using this thing. But also there has to be uh, there has to be a point that the average guy or gal who's out there on the racetrack that might not have a professional ticket 
is is going to be interested in your suits. And have you found that's true in the amateur circuit as well? Absolutely. Yeah, we have a lot of club racers. As a matter of fact, I was just up at the June sprints this last weekend, which is, you know, a little bit higher than club racing. Mm -hmm. Uh, you look into Porsche Club and BMW Club and all the sports car clubs. Um, we have a, a baseline system that's essentially $350. It gives you the cooler and the water hose. And then you go and choose your shirt, your shirt to add to it. That starts at $150. So for $500, anyone can have a cool suit system. Mm -hmm. And let's say you're not even going to be driving in a race car and you wanted to have a cool suit system while you're sitting on your front porch drinking your uh, – Cabernet, um, <laughs> wire it to a 110. You could plug it in and be just as cool as that race car driver you know down the street. So it sounds to me like you and I should kind of hit the wine circuit and start talking with some uh, wine bars about <laughs> keeping Absolutely. customers cool. Keep those body temperatures down while drinking wine. Absolutely. You know, speaking of systems too, Jill, I was interested in how your cooling systems work uh, in coordination with a Hans system. Yeah, so um, back in... 2001, I believe, um, when Dale Earnhardt passed, piece, uh -huh. um, we retooled our patterns on our shirt to um, build a shirt that was compatible with the Hans device because at that point they were requiring it in most racing series. Um, so we took our, our cooling and we dropped it down over the shoulder and gave the drivers cooling on the upper arm and took it right off of that collarbone where the Hans device sits. Mm -hmm. So every one of our shirts since that year um, has been made to be compatible and even very, very efficient with the Hans device. Um, so yeah, you can see that our pattern is different than any of any other of our competitors' designs out there, and, and it does a lot more cooling and a lot more um, efficiency with the Hans device and the, and the belts. So even with that Hans uh, system, now you're saying that you got more efficient uh, after that. So maybe as tragic as uh, Dale Earnhardt's death was, it, it kind of uh, motivated you guys to come up with a better idea. And it sounds like you did. Interesting how uh, tragedies turn into uh, blessings, I believe. Yeah. You know, I, I think if Dale Earnhardt could step back in and take a look at what he's um, escalated with safety equipment since his passing, I think he'd be smiling because really um, every safety manufacturer out there has stepped up their game because of that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, sad that he had to go, but so good for the people strapping themselves in every day into a race car. And speaking of people strapping themselves into a race car, you spend your, your life is really at racetracks. And obviously, I'm going to guess a very, very high percentage of people that are strapping into those cars are guys. Did you see that changing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing a lot of amazing women coming up in the ranks of, uh, of road racing and uh, sports car racing and uh, basically even drag racing. I mean, you're seeing you're seeing even high profile, you know, females out there. And I'm thrilled to see it. You know, I've spent my entire like I said, my entire adult life has been doing the same thing. And uh, boy, what a difference it is now than it was when I started. Mm -hmm. I was completely one of the very few females in the business way back when. And now, you know, it's really it's really shifting evenly. And that's a, that's a question, Jill, that I had meant to ask. When we talk about drivers and women becoming more and more involved directly in motorsports, here you are in a male, probably a male-dominated environment where you have to go out there and sell yourself not only on a tremendous product, but hey, what does this woman 
know about this. Did you find that a difficult thing? You know, it's funny. I don't know what it is about my makeup, um, my head, the way I think. It never fazed me. As a matter of fact, I, I have a lot of you know stories that still make me chuckle to this day mm-hmm. of uh, um, different interactions with males in the business where it, it didn't even I didn't even go home and cry over it. Um, it still happens today. I can't tell you how many times I answer my phone in my office and have some guy say to me, "Hey, honey, can you get me somebody who <laughs> a little bit about your cool suits?" And I'll say, "Absolutely, hold, please." put them on hold, laugh a little bit, get back on and say, okay, what can I help you with? Um, I think way back in the day when I first started, I might have been a little bit more intimidated but never phased, and I would put somebody on hold and tell one of the guys in the shop, all right, your customer, um, just because I, I you know, wasn't able to handle the, the laughing part of it. But no, you know, I, I, uh, I think I, I'm, I'm built to know my limits. Um, I, and I educate myself well on my product so that I never feel like I can't answer my questions, mm-hmm. um, which gives me the confidence to go out there and do what I do. Mm-hmm. And I know that, um, over the years I've, I've gained a lot, a lot of respect from the males that I guess I didn't realize until the last couple of years when, when my life changed a little bit, we'll get into that later. But, um, yeah, that was an eye-opener for me on, on the respect that I've gained from my male, my male counterparts. Well, Jill, so. you opened that door, so I'm going to walk through it. Um, I'm going to wind back to that, putting that Beamer that you just picked up over that curb, and those unreturned phone calls, and uh, later on I was to find out that it had nothing to do with my poor uh, eyesight or my per- poor driving skills, but it had to do with your health. I know you're a cancer survivor. Um, you're in remission now, and... Um, you, you've taken this illness of yours, uh, certainly beaten it, and, and t- turned this into uh, both motor racing uh, to raise awareness and support for those battling the disease in a particular way. And if you would tell me a little bit about this cause, I think it's called uh, Enduro with a Twist, Lemons of Love. You've got several things going on, but, but help me understand um, uh, cancer and motorsports, how you've tied them together so well. Sure. Let's go back to the BMW again. If you remember back, uh, I believe that you and I met in 2013 when I had just picked up my brand new first one in Chicago, 2014 BMW M4. I have no recollection of that. No recollection of that. Um, that car was brand new to everybody. Um, it was a brand new body style. Yep. Uh, I picked mine up in, uh, I think it was a, a Storo Blue uh, with the M package. It was a fabulous car. Um, sadly, months after I picked that car up, I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. Um, I had no symptoms whatsoever. I actually went to the 24 hours of Daytona in 2014 and uh, realized I'd been coughing for a couple weeks and couldn't figure out why. And on day three of my trip down there, a girlfriend of mine, another woman woman in uh, motorsports said to me, uh, you know, I'm going to get you some tea for that cough. It sounds more than allergies like you thought it was. So at that point, I came back and I made myself a doctor's appointment. And on February 14th, 2014, I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. The cough was due to the fact that I had lost so much blood in my body from the tumor in my intestines. And uh, as I would go to get a full breath, uh, the oxygen wasn't going around my lungs. And so I would cough as a reaction. Hmm. Um, Anyway, so everything happened so quickly. I was diagnosed, uh, had surgery, had a port put in, um, did six to seven months of, uh, 
chemo for colon cancer. Um, I had a really, really hard time after my diagnosis uh, making those phone calls to my racers, my teams, my distributors. Dave Miller. Dave Miller. Um, I really struggled with, I, I didn't want anybody's pity. You know, I, I really just knew what I had to do. I went into survival mode. I went into, all right, this is what I got to do to live. This is what I need to do to, you know, take care of the things around me. And I realized very quickly um, as I was starting chemo that, uh, you know, I wasn't the only one in these shoes and, and I really needed to share my mission or my, my life. I get not mission, but my uh, right, story sentence. Mm -hmm. no, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> of that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I sure. to share with my people what was going on in my life. And uh, so at that point I, I did choose to share, I, I set up a social media page um, and I called it making lemonade. And basically essentially what I was doing was I was turning my lemons into lemonade mm -hmm. by um, I would go to chemo and I would bring gifts for other people going through chemo. Um, and I made these gifts filled with things that, you know, I was using that I, was helping me with the side effects of the chemotherapy. And I made them generic enough to go to anybody fighting any kind of cancer. And I literally would go into my hospital, check in and, and hand these gifts out before I'd go in for my chemo treatments. Hmm. Um, and I actually talked about it on social media and that was my way of sharing with all the people in my world um, what was going on instead of picking up the phone because it was really hard for me to be like, Hey Dave Miller, how's it going? Oh, by the way, I've got cancer because at that point, what are you going to say? Right. You know, Hey, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I didn't handle that part well. So I apologize to you for not calling you back all those months. Um, can we call it doing, square for that? Putting it over the curb thing then? Call it square. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or even now I won't even mention it again. Um, that car is no longer in my possession. I, I lease my cars. So that one's all long. <laughs> so, <laughs> so where did the lemons of love you, you started this and I understand the baskets, your, your, you or your team put these baskets together and go to hospitals. Yeah. So, um, fast forward now I'm in remission. I did six months of chemotherapy. Yay. I, yay, I know I spent about $20,000 building these gifts and taking them with me, but it really kept me positive and sharing, you know, my disease with other people in the same hospital rooms. You know, um, it gave us a conversation point. It gave us, um, you know, a common denominator standing in the same room. And uh, so when I was done with my chemo in the fall of 2014, I had posted on my social media that my project lemonade was, was over. I'm done with chemo. I, you know, they've, they've done a cat scan. Things look good. I, um, and I said, you know, project over. Well, you know, it's funny because my connection to the motorsport world was so much bigger than I realized. And I had made relationships with people over the years and those people were the ones that went out and collected a whole bunch of money and sent me that money and said, you need to keep this going. Uh, at that point, I mean, literally within three days, they collected like almost $10,000 and said, you need to keep this going. Mm -hmm. So now fast forward, we're now in the middle of 2017. We have given out over 4,500 of these Lemons of Love packages to people going through chemotherapy. Wow. And that has been, I would say probably 50% funded by my motorsport connections. I am so blessed. Um, I see lemons of love stickers all over the race cars and all different venues of racing. 
We have a Lemons of Love car that runs. Um, Sarah Montgomery, I'm sure you've seen her stuff. Um, uh-huh. Right now, this weekend, up at the IndyCar race at Road America, we had we gave away an MX5 Global Cup car, a Mazda, uh-huh. uh, as a fundraiser, and that car is going to be running up at Road America this weekend. So we are going to go up and celebrate that. Um, this organization was just my cancer, you know, diagnosis turned into this amazing lemony swirl around me. And I am so amazed. I have so many volunteers and so many people making this happen on a daily basis. And that's, that's absolutely terrific. And I know out of this lemons of love also came this, this new venture, I guess you'd say this new thing you've got going, the Enduro with a twist. What's that all about? Well, that goes back to Mark Basso, your uh, one of your other podcasts. Uh-huh. And Great guy. For those go listen to Mark Basso's podcast. Um, my closest track to me is Autobahn Country Club, and um, we were conne- we were connected to Autobahn obviously through the motorsport world. That you know, I've known Mark since before that track was even mm-hmm. broken ground, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, they came to me and said, "We want to do a fundraiser, and we want." to celebrate lemons of love. And we want to help you, um, raise money so that you can continue to give these packages out and maybe choose some new hospitals in our area to share them with. Cause mostly we deliver uh, to the Chicago, downtown Chicago area, okay. the, the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. But, um, obviously we send them out all over the country and I take them to the racetracks. Now that I'm healthy and traveling again, I pre-send a bunch of them to the racetrack, whatever track I'm going to in the country. And then we deliver them locally there. Um, the last couple months, we've delivered to Tucson, Arizona. We've delivered to South Haven, Michigan, uh, South Carolina at Kershaw, um, Atlanta, Georgia, out at Road Atlanta. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're able to deliver these all over the country now. But um, so back to Autobahn, they, they connected with us and, and said, we want to do this fundraiser for you. And this event is amazing. They're doing a 13-hour enduro on August 12th. And basically what they're doing is they're bringing in their members and non-members and, and offering to have them come in and bring their race car and run a 13-hour enduro. But before they even set foot on the track, they have the opportunity to team build and fundraise for Lemons of Love. Mm. Um, and we're incentivizing them by offering them some interesting things like the, uh, the highest uh, amount of funds raised by a team, they get pit preference. Um, oh, we're going cool. To- pit side catering for those at a certain level and maybe some mini massages during the 13 hour race for those at a certain level of fundraising. And basically they get to compete against each other before they ever even enter the track, which is really cool. And can Um, anybody bring, so you don't have to be a, a, particularly a driver. You want to have somebody come out with a sports car with a little bit of enthusiasm uh, that really wants to kind of go out on the track and also um, uh, talk and support uh, lemons of love. Yeah, that's actually the next day. So when this enduro is over and these guys pack up their race cars and they go home, on Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, the Chicago Region SCCA is opening up a track day. Uh. Basically, anybody um, can bring any car and come sign up for this track day, and you can learn how to drive your car on a real race track. You get instruction, um, class time, track time. There's four sessions during the day. You get lunch. So yes, it's totally awesome way to support Lemons of Love and also come out 
and drive your car on the racetrack. And I kind of have a feeling we might have a few minivans out there. <laughs> well, if we had a sports car back in Chicago, we would definitely come down and spend some time. Um, and I would imagine, would they go to Mark's site? Would they go to the Autobahn uh, uh, to sign up for that? Or how would they do? If you go to lemonsoflove.org uh-huh. and go to our event page, you can see this event and click on it. And basically you choose whether you want to sign up as an enduro, sign up as a track day, or you can, for $10, be a spectator for the day on Sunday and come out, watch the cars go around. We're actually doing some really cool other things as well. We have a, a company coming out called Takedown Adventures, and they're coming out with um, aerial archery, Red Rider BB guns, and axe throwing. Um, and basically, you can come out and throw a few axes for charity. It's really, really cool. Throw, uh, throw uh, axes at other drivers? Are these, uh, how, how? Each other. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, basically, they give you an instruction. They are, um, they are. it's very, very safe. We actually used this company back in February for another event we did at Laurel BMW. Um, it's a very safe way to go out and learn something new. Um, they have instructors. It's, it's awesome. It's really, really a way to go out and really do something different. And that's that. So people can get more information at uh, lemonsoflove.org. Is that right? Absolutely. Yep. You know, I've got to ask you a couple of final questions here, Jill. And, um, you know, you know, based on your experience, what would you do differently with fast knowing what you know today? What, what, where would you do things differently? Did everything work out just hunky dory? Would you wind back and say, aha, I've got this. I've got a smarter way to start. How much time do you have? Much time as you want. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, I don't regret anything I've ever done um, as far as fast goes. I think I learned a lot about myself when I was diagnosed with my cancer. And maybe that's essentially what led me to do what I did with the Lemons of Love. But I realized what a control freak I am. Mm. I had never taught anybody to be me in my business. Um, I really I held a lot of knowledge in my I had, um, I kept a lot of stuff really close to my chest. And, uh, as I went through chemo and, and chemo brain is very real. Anybody who's ever been through chemo can concur with me. Um, those drugs really, they do a mess with your head. Mm. I forgot things that I, you know, had in my head for years. And, uh, when I looked at myself and realized that, you know, I'm trying to do a job here, and I can't do my job, but nobody else can do my job because I never let them in far enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really taught me to learn how to rework a business. And so now that I have this Lemons of Love is actually a nonprofit. It's a 501c3. It's a federal um, nonprofit. And uh, I've learned to accept help. I've learned to accept that I can't do everything. I've learned to share the load. Um, and I've learned a lot about myself in this, um, in this illness, which is really interesting how something so horrible can really mm-hmm. get you really in tune with your own head. Uh, so what I've done now is, like I said, I've, I've hired Sarah Montgomery, who is our Lemons of Love driver. She is now my marketing director at Fast, and I'm trying really hard to turn her into my mini-me. Okay. Don't tell me. She's two inches taller than me, so I don't know how we'd be. She'd be my mini <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's a very bright girl. She knows motorsports. She has the right personality, and uh, she just happens to be a woman, which is kind of cool too. But um, anyway, so I'm, I'm really—I I have a five-year plan to download my knowledge to Sarah, so that I can step back, run Lemons of Love, give 
away to people in need and uh, let her kind of run the business, you know, the business end of it. So, um, yeah, I'm learning as I go. And, and I really, like I said, I have no regrets on on how I've done business over the years, but it's, it's a new way to do business. And, you know, we all acquire or hope we, I think wisdom is, is smarts that you acquire hopefully quickly in life. Um, and you had shared with me in our pre-show that your daughter is just graduating from college. And college is great, but those are just the fundamentals, the, the building blocks of uh, business and personal life. If you had to share one tip with a young guy or girl coming out of college, what, what would that tip be? Ah, see the world. I have been so blessed in my racing career and being able to hop on a plane and go to a racetrack. Um, see the world, choose a job that will get you out there. Um, be present and uh, absolutely connect with people because that's what life's all about. Jill, I, I, I have heard that you have an open door policy at your shop in Des Plaines, kind of a just call ahead kind of thing. Absolutely. Yes. Um, just beware of the killer cat. <laughs> and and I know you, you your business is sort of a mom and pop, but that's not exactly true either, is it? No, actually, it's it's kind of cool. It's a, it's a little bit better than a mom and pop. This is so great. And we have um, three generations. And, uh, we do. Okay. We do. Okay. So my son, Tim, who's 29 years old, is my head engineer. He is in charge of all production, uh, repair, um, everything basically hands-on in the shop. He's got employees that work with him, um, and he, he pretty much runs the, the hands-on part of it. And then my mother, bless her heart, who is a retired RN, has, since the day I bought my company, has been by my side a couple days a week coming in to file papers and do really whatever needs to be done. Um, on the day of my diagnosis, she looked at me and said, I don't know what I can do for you other than be in your seat. And she literally came to work every single day while I was going through chemo, whether I was in the hospital or not in the hospital. And uh, she's been by my side as a warrior. Um, and she's 78 years old, and she's still coming in now a couple days a week now that I'm doing better. But um, in addition to that, we have other employees and, of course, the shop cat. Right. But, yes, it's so great. Um, one of the things we do on a daily basis is we have company lunch, and we all sit down to have lunch together. Um, so on days when my mom's there, she's with us, and uh, all the employees, we have a big conference table, and we, we eat lunch together, whether we barbecue or bring it in or, yeah, make it. It's, it's a great great way to do business. Jill, if people want to contact you, um, what's the best point of contact? Is it a business email? Where should they, where should they, uh, talk to you through? Sure. Well, for, uh, for fast business, Jill at fasthelmets.com. And that's F-A-S-T helmets.com. Okay. H-E-L-M-E-T-S. Um, and then if they want to connect with me for a chemo care package or any type of cancer related stuff, uh, Jill at lemonsoflove.org. And that's great. I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. And uh, I have to say to the listeners that uh, for those of you already in the racing world, Jill Swanson's probably a household name. For those of you that are contemplating getting into racing in whatever capacity, drag racing, lots of sports car racing in the track, um, if somebody can point her out, you might walk up and introduce yourself and say, hey, how can how can your products uh, fill my niche? And you definitely should be doing that. And obviously, for somebody that... Uh, 
is a cancer survivor, is someone that's going through cancer, that knows someone, as we all do, that has or is going through that, that painful process, reach out to Jill with the uh, lemonsoflove.org uh, website. I want to thank Jill Swanson, somebody that everybody should meet. Uh, just walk up and say hi. Uh, explore that open door policy, 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, you might want to try that back door and see if she's there. <laughs> Jill, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story, the fast story, and uh, and where you're going in life. Uh, it, it, it's just great to converse with you. And again, we've forgotten that whole how we met thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We didn't even talk about cars. What car? <laughs> yes, not at all. Jill. Um, no, thank you, Dave, so much for uh, inviting me onto your show. I'm very blessed to be here on this earth and to be part of your world. And I thank you so much. Same here. Um, I hope to meet up with you the next time I'm back in Chicago. Thank you so much, Jill Swanson. You got it. Have a good day. You too. Fellow drivers, let's not forget that event, the Enduro with a Twist, August 12th through 13th at the Autobahn Country Club in Joliet. Information and sign up is available at lemonsoflove.org. Just look under events. Thank you for listening today. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know what you think. Go to drivewithdavepodcast.com and find out how to leave us a review on iTunes. I hope it's a good one, which we would very much appreciate. And there's a way to email us your questions, comments, and who you want on the show as well. All the episodes of Drive With Dave Podcast are on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And an overview of all the shows with links can be found on drivewithdave.com. Don't miss an episode. When you subscribe to the podcast, your device will be automatically updated with the new episodes and old ones will be removed after you've listened to them. No work required. And finally, I hope you also check out our bi-monthly newsletter, which will keep you in the know. And you can sign up at drivewithdave.com.